0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 24 this morning, Exodus chapter 24 and uh, verses 9 through 11 I want to make some comments about these interesting, just just an announcement that needs to be made. The next two mornings, for some reason, I've got court a long way off in different counties, which is very rare for me. But I have court off in two different counties the next two mornings. So I am going to, I can't do Bible study and be in court in time, one of them's them's hours away. I'm going to not be able to do Bible study the next two days, but uh, we'll be back Monday the, the interesting thing is this passage, and I'm going to say it's interesting because of the things I have never, ever heard anybody say anything about. And I find that, I find it very strange. First of all, this is a very important covenant. It is, it's the covenant God made with Israel. If we're going by the pictures, this is the covenant of salvation. It is the covenant of that brings about Israel's understanding of who God is. It is it's the covenant where God reveals his character and nature to them. Obviously, it's a very important covenant. It's probably on the list of covenants. It's the, it's the second most important covenant in the Bible other than the covenant that Jesus made with us. And so, really important and and second of all, it is a very interesting covenant. You could say that the covenant God made with Abraham, where they split the animals and God came through, what in essence looked like the Holy Spirit moved moved between the pot, moved between the animals in the in the pot. It, it, that's a that's an interesting neat covenant. Obviously, we get the rainbow, and in my modern culture, that it has been usurped. But the rainbow is the uh, covenant picture in the old testament of god's promises. That's a beautiful covenant. And so there's some there are there are a lot of things about each covenant that are neat, but this one has some neat aspects to it and they're neat for a couple of reasons and for me they're really neat because I've been pastoring for uh, almost 30 years and I, nobody really ever talks about this. And and I say that because I've been around where they've been talking. I've been in the area. I've been in the places where people are actually doing Bible studies and thinking about these things and considering these things and bringing them up. And nobody even talks about it. And you say well, that's probably because it's obscure in the Bible. Well, really not. Really, what is described here is not is not unique in Scripture. In fact, there's quite clear, quite clearly, some parallels that can be drawn with the Book of the Revelation. There are parallels that can be drawn with the book of Daniel, some of the other major prophets, and some of the other minor prophets. There, there's parallels that can be drawn to all them, and I've never really heard anybody mention this little incident, the, the little part of the process of the covenant being made. When you even, I know the Ten Commandments, the movie The Ten Commandments is not a, it's not an authoritative account of the story, but even in that. Moses goes up on the mountain and you don't really even see the covenant being made and you don't see you don't see what happened when the covenant was made and even in that process there is there just seems to be nobody who has ever and and I'm talking about 30 years I've ever heard anybody really get into this and talk about it and it's a powerful message and you can see why things end up the way they do later on in scripture when you understand what's happening here and as you study, it, obviously they would make the they would make the altar. There's twelve stones set up that represent all of Israel, and the young men go and they kill they kill the sacrifices, and some of them are burnt up, which are burnt offerings for sin, and then some of them are are eaten. And how are they eaten? That's going to explain how they're eaten. And then the blood is either half of it spilt on the altar altar and half of it is is sprinkled on the people. Those are some strange things, and Charlton Heston didn't do any of that. But like I said, it's not authoritative. And we get to this point, and I'm telling you, no, n- nobody have I ever heard in preaching or teaching ever bring this up. Now, I know they've read it because we all read through the Bible a lot, those of you who study the Bible often, so I know it's read. I'm just not sure why it's not ever mentioned, and, and I wonder that. It says Moses and Aaron verse nine of chapter twenty four Nadab and Abihu, those are the children of Aaron, the sons of Aaron, we're going to see them we're going to see them mess up in Leviticus and die. It says, and the seventy elders, this is what is in Jesus' time, what we call the Sanhedrin, it's the seventy leaders, it's the people God that Moses appointed to be over the the tribes and clans of Israel uh yeah, that's an important group. And it's an important group because they are the judges. They'll be what we call the judges of the promised land. That's how we get the book of Judges is we get that from this idea of there being people set up above and and over the children of Israel. So the Sanhedrin, the 70, this group is going to continue on throughout Israel's history. And we're going to see them dealing with Jesus. And so they're an important group. And here we see them functioning for the first time, really as an organization, as a unit, as a group of people. I think that's important, don't you? I'm just making observations about this today. Just as I read through it and I tie it off in my brain, I'm going, okay. The 70 are there and they go up with Moses. They go up with Aaron. They go up with the uh, priestly class, Aaron and his sons. So they're an important part of what God's going to be doing. And it says, and, and notice, and they saw God, the God of Israel. That's real important. I think so. I'm not sure I would be able to see God, but I'd like to see him, wouldn't you? And that would be on, if you had a bucket list, that would be on the, the, really the only thing on the list. If you're really going to make a real bucket list, you'd have the list, which is see God. And then the next page would be all the other stuff, right? That's what that is really a powerful thing. They, M- Moses had seen God, Aaron had seen God, his two sons no, but they're getting to see God too, and the seventy elders are getting to see God, the God of Israel. And notice it gives us a little insight, and it ties off to to like I said, the prophets, and it ties off to the book of Revel- the revelation. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of Lapis Lazuli, okay, and other accounts call it jasmine. It's not the jasmine that we think of today. It is really almost a sea of glass, okay? It looks like a sea of glass, and it says as bright blue as the sky, meaning that it is reflecting the color of the sky up above it. It is a sea of glass that is covering the sky, and that was under his feet, okay? If you read in the book of the Revelation in chapter 5, that the throne is sitting seated on something that looks very similar to this, and then Daniel talks about a, a sea of glass, and th- there's just, there's continual tie-off with this. And so these elders who are, are set in charge of Israel, Aaron, Moses, Uh, Nadab, Behu, there are the 74 people who are in charge of Israel. They see God on this mountain. Not only do they see God on this mountain, they see something that would be only God could do, something that technology could not create. They would not be able to reproduce this in any way, anywhere, this, this pavement of glass That God is on. They would not be able to, they they wouldn't even know what what it was enough to do it, okay? And notice, but God did not raise his hand against these leaders, meaning he didn't reject them because even though they didn't want to, the people didn't want to go up on the mountain, God did not reject these leaders, which is a tacit acceptance of them. Acceptance of their position and their place. If you try to take a place or position with God that you don't deserve, God doesn't allow you to keep that position. That's quite clear understanding from Scripture. And they they have they they're accepted by God in this. There, God says, "I'm accepting you." He didn't raise His hand against them. And you go, "That's a backhanded compliment." <laughs> yeah, it is in more ways than one, really. But. God says, I'm not raising my hand against you. You're there. And they saw God and they ate and drank. So they actually had a meal, which is a fellowship meal, which would normally happen. And we see this fellowship meal continued on throughout Israel's history, where they would go to Jerusalem. They would make sacrifice. The fat of the sacrifice and be burnt up. And then they would eat, eat a fellowship offering with the priest. You got the priest of the class. The 70 really represent all of Israel. They're a representative form of government that represent all of Israel, and they eat with God. And so if you were just a regular person, you could go to Jerusalem, you could present a sacrifice, and you could sit down and eat with the priestly class, whoever was there representing the priestly class, the Levites, you could eat with them and have fellowship with them, which is a picture of having fellowship with God. And so you have all this symbology of, of people who have fellowship with God and God wanting to have fellowship with them. And even though the people aren't doing it exactly the way God wants them to do, God forbearing, he understands that this covenant's an important covenant, it's an important step in the process, it's an important understanding that he's given. He realizes it's not the culmination of it. It's not the, the culmination of it. It's going to be Jesus. God is right there in the midst of it. I believe this is the heavenly father from the pictures, from the pictures that we see in other parts of scripture. This is quite clearly God himself meeting with them and they see his feet. They don't see his full uh, countenance, but they see his feet and they see where he's standing and they actually have fellowship with him. Now, the question I have is, why do we never talk about that? I don't know why we don't ever talk about that. Nobody ever talks about that. And and nobody ever says they had fellowship with God back in the the covenant God made on Mount Sinai. They actually really did have fellowship with God. God God was desiring fellowship with them there. Why don't they? Why don't I ever hear anybody talk about God and His appearance on that on the mountain? I hear when God when Moses says I want to see you, and God says I'll let you see. Uh, he says I'm gonna let you see more than my feet. Like in this situation, we're gonna see that. He's going to let him, let Moses see the whole back part of him, and so we see that, and we talk about that, and you hear that all the time, but you don't hear this where the 70 got to see that, and see, that, that has all kinds of significance when Jesus is dealing with the leadership of Israel, and so that's important to tie off to as you're thinking through it. How is it important? Didn't Jesus have a conversation with the religious leaders and they 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 asked him who his father was? And he basically says that he was before all the patriarchs. He says, before Moses was, I am. What he was telling them is he was there up there on that mountaintop. He was there up there on that mountaintop when Moses first met him in the burning bush. He was there. He was one of the angels that came and met with Abraham. He was walking with Adam in the garden. And the book of Hebrews really gets into this into a lot of detail. But Jesus's claim to be God is based off of him saying, I was up there. You guys that I'm talking to, y'all are the descendants of that 70 that met on top of that mountain. And they actually went up. And they actually saw the Heavenly Father up there, and I was up there. I I was there, and I've been there ever since. I know what's going on. Uh, Before Moses was, I am. Uh, What he was telling them is, I was there when y'all first began to exist. When your organization started, I was already at work. And so what he's saying is longevity. And anytime you have a group that's been around for a long time, uh, they perceive themselves to be more carry more weight than other groups, even though the people there are the same age. They're just regular people. But if you have an organization that's been around a long time, they think they're the most important thing in the world. Anyway, and that's pretty regular. Even though organizations come and go like the tides in the ocean, they come in and then they go out. But we like to place emphasis on ourselves rather than emphasis on God. And Jesus said, I've been there. I've already, I've been a part of this. I, I know what everything that happened. You talk about you talk about meeting God on the mountain. You talk about Moses. You talk about Abraham. You talk about all these patriarchs as if you have some inside track with them. He says I, I talk about them as if I talked with them, which he did. And there's a tie-off there that's really important to see. Jesus, this was a there was interaction that went on. And I'm quite sure that interaction and some of the history of this is tied into the the teachings of the Jewish people. I just never heard anybody talk about it a whole lot. And for me, I, I think it, it it is this is an important event. And God's going to have Moses come on up and he's going to give him the tablets right after this. But wouldn't you like to know what happened right before they got the tablets? And wouldn't you like to know that when they rebelled against God, they'd already ate with him on the mountain. They ate a meal with him on the mountain that they all got together and had fellowship on top of that mountain. And then they went and made the golden calf and began to worship that golden calf. Wouldn't you want to know some of this stuff? I, I would. And you go, why, why do you want to know that? Because I'm going to realize that without the grace of God, there go me. There, there, there I am. I'm right in the middle of doing mess like that too. I, I pray that I don't, but i oftentimes do and there's an opportunity for me to seek out a little grace in this and understanding and second of all finally it's neat it's just neat kind of to know this stuff and to think about it and consider it and tie it off and let it be there in the back of your mind so that god might reveal something down the road about it that you never ever uh realized it could be and so that's why we study the bible because oftentimes there's treasure out there that we've never mined and nobody's ever uh told us existed and then all of a sudden it's right there in the back of your mind and God showed you something really big down the road uh, using it. And so this is fun on that level also. I I love to study scripture for moments like this where we come across a passage where it's just something that nobody ever said to me. Now I'm sure people have said stuff about it but they never said it around me. And around these pretty big circumference because I'm a big old boy. Anyway, I, I love scripture. It's good. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.